Happy Holy Thursday. Happy Holy Thursday, Alfred. It's the holiest weekend of the Catholic calendar. I said your name in the first 15 seconds this Again, time. I don't recognize the name you used. I'm going to bleep it out. That's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. We don't want people to lose focus. I don't want to pull focus from you. I'm going to bleep out your name with me saying the word COVID. Okay. As I bleeped the word COVID in our prior episode. Do you think you could bleep the phrase your name? Uh, Yeah, why not? With the phrase COVID. Yeah. And then when you say COVID, just bleep that. Welcome to Madeline <laughs> and her attorney watch movies. This is episode 10. Uh, back on schedule once a week. Right. Yeah. We're following up on Morbius. We got mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of emails. We really a lot of responses about yeah, Morbius. Uh, yeah. I didn't know the Morbios were so passionate. Yeah. The Morbios are a, a big group online. Apparently they are a big group on our boards. What did you just drop? Uh my coaster. Cool. Um but yeah, uh, and I think they'll be pleased to hear that uh, for this week, we're going to be discussing Morbius. Again. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are right now. Yeah. I think there's probably five minutes worth of Morbius talk forever. I I fear that actually probably is true. Yeah. <laughs> what was up with those detectives? I really don't know what they were doing in the movie. I've had more time to think about it and I don't like it anymore. Yeah. I don't really feel differently at all. Mm -hmm. I had one more thought on Morbius that I forgot to address during oh. the podcast. Well, it's good that we can do it again. Which is that it's set in New York. That's it, hard to know. It looks like London. It looks like any city. And that's yeah. strange because New York is pretty distinctive. Yeah, like New York doesn't have round subways. I didn't even really notice that. But yeah, you're yeah. probably right. For, or white subway walls. Mm, yeah. For me, when I see a subway station and they claim it's New York and it doesn't look anything like where I live, New York. Where did they get on that boat? I don't know. Where did they get that boat? Well, obviously, Matt Smith had the money to hire a team of mercenaries or something. It's just soldiers. Yeah. And Morbius could have had the money if he accepted the Nobel Prize. That's correct. Yeah. Wow. Moving on. Yeah. How was your week? It was good. Yeah? I was busy. Yeah? I got tired. Yeah? Stayed up late. Yeah? Watched a movie. Which one? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is it the one that I watched? I, I, I mean, it's possible. Okay. I, I guess it'll probably be revealed in the title, so it really doesn't... There's no suspense. Yeah, no, at this point, I feel it. like we're just baiting our audience. Yeah. Do you want to say it on three? Okay. Ready? One, one two, two, three. three. Super Morbius. Mario Brothers. <laughs> With Dennis Hopper. Wait, is that actually what you watched? No, I've okay. never seen that movie. <laughs> I have. Yeah. You watched it recently, didn't you? I believe um, at my apartment, there everyone was, was very drunk it. and the movie got turned on for about five minutes. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. not all. That's well, not all what? I don't know. Oh. But I did watch... Benedetta. Benedetta. Mm -hmm. Benedetta. Benedetta. As we did talk about Verhoeven quite a bit last week. Yeah, I guess he was on our mind. Yeah, I mean, he's my favorite director. I talk about him all the time. That's true. Yeah, and I think returning to having conversations about movies with you, I, of course, wanted to talk about Verhoeven immediately, mm -hmm. even though it mm -hmm. had only been two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's probably a little unusual that we're describing the return the way that we are. I, I don't know... What you're referring to? What but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me neither. We've been doing this consistently for four years. I know. We have, <laughs> we have a, 
our, our tricentennial coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we watched Benedetta. Benedetta. We're going to talk about Verhoeven. Let's let's talk about Verhoeven first a little. How yeah. many movies has he made recently? But wait, I want to talk about what I watched in the last week. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. I went to a Hong Kong marathon. Oh. And I watched six uh, Hong Kong movies from the late 90s, the early 90s, late 80s on 35 millimeter at the anthology in New York City. That yeah. sounds pretty fun. How, it, that must have taken all day. It started at uh, 1230 and it, I think it ended around one. I actually walked out during the last movie. Um, Were you just tired? No, it was bad. I mean, it was bad and I was tired. Yeah. And by that point, I'd had quite a few drinks. Do you want to talk about any of those? Would you like to talk about any of those movies? I mean, I'll talk. Let me do all of them really fast because it it was incredible. Faster. Yeah. Okay. So it was presented by Subway Cinema, which is a collective in New York City that does Asian films. They run the New York Asian Film Festival. Um, One of the founders is a guy named Grady Hendrix. He also writes novels that are very good. Highly recommend My Best Friend's Exorcism. Um, Sabrina would actually really like that book. Remind remind me to mention that to Sabrina. No. Um, okay. Um, but yeah, so they tracked down six prints. Most of them were shipped in from China or Hong Kong, which is a different place. Um, and I think some they were able to find. But the first movie was a Cat 3 action movie. Do you know what Cat 3 is by any chance? Is it a type of camera? It's a rating, actually. Oh, yeah, no. So category three in Hong Kong is basically a hard R leaning on X. So cat it. three movies are like almost their own genre just for being like really excessively uh, violent and violent. sexual oh. normally. So, when was the movie made? Um, Angel was- You said it was all from the 90s? Uh, late 80s, early 90s. Okay. So like- So these are all going to be about 30 years old. Exactly. Yeah. So Angel, um, I think it's late 80s. It is, I think it's also known as Iron Angels because it was released in the US. It is a Charlie's Angels kind of knockoff Mm. where um, it's two beautiful women who are really good at martial arts and a guy who's an incredible martial artist and they just get guns and they just shoot everyone in sight to accomplish their goal. What was their goal? Uh, I think to get international police who had been kidnapped back. I, I don't know, honestly. Okay. I think their goal was to kill as many people as possible. And they accomplished that goal. Yeah. I, I mean, don't spoil it. It's a great movie. Angel. Yeah, it's called uh, Angel <clears throat> or Iron Angels. Yeah, okay. really good. Highly recommend. Then the uh, second movie was another Category 3 film called Blood Ritual. This is a horror film that has, I believe, never been shown in the U.S. before. Really? What what year from? Uh, also late eighties. Okay. Maybe mid eighties. And the title again was Blood. Blood Ritual. Ritual. Yeah. Okay. So this one is about uh, evil religions, which I think may be a mistranslation of cult, uh, but they're referred to as evil religion through yeah. the whole movie. Evil religion. And uh, it's just there's a cult, and there's this very successful businesswoman who is in the cult. And then there's some guy, for some reason, he gets involved with the cult, and uh, but he really just wants to hang out with this girl who hates him. Um, really, the, the highlight of that movie is there's a scene where the girl accidentally swallows the finger of a cult member who's wearing the cult ring, and they need the cult ring, so they make her pass it. 
Okay. And, and then he has to retrieve the ring. That's the highlight of the movie. It feels like a really nice way to get the ring back. I yeah. thought you were going to say something much more disturbing. No, no, no. It's it's a it's it actually is really disgusting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Cause it, yeah. Cause they, but you, yeah, you get to watch her blood witch ritual. Thumbs up. Okay. Um, so that got a thumbs up. Yeah. I, honestly, there's only one I didn't like, and so I left her. Huh. All right. Go then on. Then we watched hard boiled. I've seen that one. Oh, Hard Boiled is such a classic. Yeah. It's John Cho um, in the in John John Woo directs John, Woo. John Cho is the shooter. John Cho is I think he would have been a baby when it was made. John, you're you're thinking of Chow Yun Fat. You're absolutely right. Yeah, Chow Yun Fat's the cop. And then Yeah, yeah that's that's just my yeah, brain's it's, getting soft. It's a killer cast. Like Oh, there's so many names in it. Anthony Wong is in it, who is in uh, Ebola Syndrome and The Untold Story, which are two of the grossest Category 3 movies that exist. Uh, yeah, really gross movies. Um, but yeah, Hard Boiled is a masterpiece. Then we watched a movie called Nobody's Hero, okay. which the um, the programmers compared it to Taxi Driver, but it was way more observant report. Except observing, with Seth Rogen. Yeah, which I now re- want to rewatch. That I have movie. not seen that. Movie. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, but I also haven't seen it in many, many, many years. It's where he's the security guard. Yeah, he's a security guard with a weird ethical code. Um, I don't. I haven't seen it. Like, so. To put it in in D and D terms, Anna Faris is in that. Yeah, I think yeah. she's the girl who he feels he has to save. I think so. Yeah, it's taxi driver leaning. Okay. But like, um, the way I put it is, he's uh, lawful good, right? Okay. Where his his moral code is so strong and so good that he does horrible things to stick to it. Okay. Yeah, that's lawful good. I, I guess. Yeah. Is that lawful good? Does he yeah. break the law? Um. Because then it's not lawful good. Uh, then it's well, like the, chaotic good or something. You're thinking of the law as a, as an attorney, but um, this would be like the law of good. You know what I mean? Nope. Okay. I don't know what you mean, and I'm not trying to be uh, yeah. cute. I don't really get it. I guess I I don't play. Yeah. So this that would be game. yeah, like not laws that are made by like a government or anything, but laws that are made by a god. Okay. Like, so he's. That's what lawful good would be. Yeah. Yeah. Chaotic so, good is more like making decisions for the good of everyone, right. just as you know, like regardless of what feels right but like lawful good would be if somebody did an evil thing you chop their head off well maybe I, yeah. i'm not sure you're right I, again i'm I've not an expert a lot in this. at D&D. yeah yeah and i've played a lawful good character it is fun <laughs> because you get to do horrible things in the name of good that's interesting yeah and that's like, like good by God. Actually, this is like a good Benedict yeah, conversation. I'll, def- I'll defer to yeah. you on this for yeah. the time being. I'm not going to Google it. Yeah. We can go back to talking about like the rules of good. Like later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Nobody's Hero is amazing. Nobody's Hero. Yeah. Okay. Now that also, I do not believe has ever shown in the US before. Uh, then I got really drunk and we watched a movie called The Magic Crane, um, which was about a lady riding on a magic crane. And uh, like a bird, yeah, or like a machine. It's like a a uh, animatronic bird okay. looked really bad, and that movie was insane. Uh, I, that went way above my expectations. Mm-hmm. Like you know, sorry, I'm gonna give away part of the ending, but it ends with the crane lady flying at the bad guy, and she plays a flute, and she punctures him with the flute, and then she blows 
into the flute playing her music and he explodes. Ooh. That's the end of the movie. It's really good. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and then the last one I won't talk about in case anyone like it. likes it. I yeah, why be why be rude? Exactly. Yeah. Why why uh But yeah, you know, I'm gonna make you watch Hong dim Kong movies someone sometime. Shimmer. Like I think we should do a Hong Kong movie. We could try. Yeah. Although I will are we gonna proceed now into the subject of of this conversation yeah the, we could the, do the that. object of this uh yeah that's episode. really that's all i watched in the last i week. was surprised yeah. to discover that benedetta was a foreign language film i shouldn't have been because yeah. i, I kind of knew that verhoeven left the country mm-hmm. uh he didn't think he could make his kind of movies here anymore and yeah. so uh the one that i saw black book was i think in dutch and german it was um and i started this one up and for reasons that i can't explain i thought it was just going to be in uh in English, English. Yeah. yeah. I think that all the still f- photos I've seen, yeah, looked like American movie settings and actors. And mm-hmm. a, a Charlotte Ramp. I mean, all the actors speak English. And, yeah. and, and so when they, <laughs> when the first scene, uh, where a character's very young, mm-hmm. plays out and everyone just speaks French and there's no subtitles on the screen, I was like, huh, neat. So I thought it was neat. That they opened the movie with a non-subtitled foreign language portion, and then they continued uh, the next part of the movie also without subtitles. And I thought yeah. I should probably rewind the movie and turn the subtitles on. And I texted you to indicate that I'd done that, and you kind of laughed and told me to go back and start over. <laughs> and I'm glad you did. I did. I did. And me too, because I don't speak French. Yeah, me neither. Un peu. Yeah, I don't even speak it a little. No, that's all I got. Yeah. I, I can say I don't speak French in French. I can say I'm an American in Korean. Oh, show me. Migoksarameyo. Uh, Sounds good. Yeah, that might be it. Which is the word for American? Migoksarameyo. I'm American. Yeah, is I don't know. Huh. I don't either. I studied Korean for a year. I uh, I yeah. did French in college. Mm-hmm. For I three did Korean semesters. in college. Yeah. Je ne parle pas français. <laughs> I tried it once in Montreal, mm-hmm. and the woman I was trying to ask directions from hated me, and then I just asked in English, and she hated me. Yeah, that's yeah. Montreal for you. They didn't want me. No. Um, funny thing about Benedetta. It's in French. Yeah, very it's funny. Set in Italy. I know. Actually, for yeah. an hour, I was trying to figure it out because uh, I don't really know her story. In fact, mm-hmm. I was amazed to discover that it was a true, yeah, uh, or based on a real person. I don't mm-hmm. know how close. Although, based on the Wikipedia page, it sounds pretty close. The movie seems like it tries to be authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I paused at it about an hour in and I said to my wife, do you think this movie is set in France or in Italy? And she said, France. And I said, I think it's Italy. It's, it is. And they make references to where they are. It's Pestia. And I'm like, yeah. Pestia sounds more like a Roman word, an Italian word than a French word. And I ended up being right. Yeah. It's so funny to me because I get all annoyed when it's like a, a Hollywood film and they're speaking English and there's somewhere that they wouldn't be speaking English. Yeah, like Italy or France. Yeah, and then I'm watching a French film set in Italy where they're speaking French and I'm just confused. Yeah, well, 
France also, I think, pretty famously Catholic. So what, yeah. it's, a, it's a fair presumption. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason um, that Verhoeven is making French films now is... Um, ASMR. <laughs> I don't... I don't know what I was talking about. I I opened that can. Yeah. You were talking, I think, about how it's funny to have an issue with... Oh, the reason that Verhoeven is working in French now. Um, Okay, yeah. So he's made four films recently, first being Black Book, and then he did this movie called Tricked which was kind of crowdsourced. Yeah. So they had a forum, and it was it, this was Dutch still. Um, I think it was Dutch, maybe, maybe German, but definitely... He's Dutch. Dutch or German. Yeah, okay. Um, so they had a web forum, and they were having the people on the forum kind of group write the script for this web series, sort of. Mm-hmm. It, it came out to be like an hour-long movie. Um, and it's about like a family, I think a rich family. And of course there's like affairs and all that sort of a farce. It's kind of black comedy. But the premise was that it was a, uh, that it was group thing. It was like almost playing telephone while writing a movie. Yeah. Although, so yeah, the, the forum would write like five to 10 minutes. Verhoeven would receive that. He would go and shoot it and then would put it it on the the web. They would watch it again and write the next five to 10 minutes. And Verhoeven has pretty openly admitted to mostly ignoring what the forum provided. Well, does that mean he ignored the scripts or does he, did he ignore like the, the, the directions, the stage directions? He rewrote the scripts. (laughs) It's pretty good. Yeah. It's safe to to say this was a failure. I think he called them idiots. Yeah. Well, they don't sound very smart. (laughs) But right, sorry then, if you're listening. I'm sure you're bright. It's it's yeah, they're great. I haven't seen the work. It's okay. They don't. They speak Dutch. They don't. They they're don't not fans us. of the pod. Uh, they're they are fans of the pod. Friends okay. of the pod. Friends of the pod. Family. They're are, family. Or are they enemies of the pod? They're enemies of the pod. <laughs> are our enemies? Oh my god. The Dutch. The, no, I don't like that. <laughs> I, my mother was Dutch. I'm uh, no, I'm Austrian. Yeah, I'm not Dutch. Feels feels appropriate, relevant. Let's go yeah. on. Uh, yeah, I like. I'm really glad I turned the the, the monitor off, so yeah. I can't hear myself. I'm way more comfortable speaking without it. Yeah, I can't I'm hear you at all. I'm gonna leave this part in. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm gonna leave the monitor getting turned off in. No. I'm probably gonna cut around the part where everything stopped recording and we lost ten minutes. Yeah, do your best to make it sound like we have been having one conversation the whole time. The way we normally do, where then we don't we just stop reference. in the middle of a sentence or a word harshly. <laughs> and then we reference and the then fact start that that did laughing happen. And talking about something new. Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of how we talk. Normally. But it's a, a more extreme But normally when we're on mic, we try not to talk as we normally do. Yeah, I guess. I feel like maybe <laughs> my like voice is going to change. smash cuts. That's right. Yeah. I'm going to stare right at you the whole time. I, I hate this. I don't have to, now that I don't have to listen to it, I, I can look right at your mouth while you talk. <laughs> okay. Anyhow. Uh-huh, there it goes. <laughs> I'm covering my mouth, but that's it's not. going to make the sound bad. Yeah, and just, I won't know because I'm not listening to it. I love to watch your mouth. Go on. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyhow. So then he makes L, which we talked about last week. L is um, produced in France. And it was based on a French novel, okay. which yeah. I believe was then scripted by the um, the novelist. And he's working with this uh, um, 
I believe he's French and Tunzian is, is his nationality. I don't know anything about that. Um, Tunzian? The guy's name is, I don't know how to pronounce it, but if Say I it. pronounce it phonetically to Just an English it right. speaker, it's Ben said Ben. Okay. Yeah, ben no, that sounds right. Ben said Ben. I don't think that's how it's pronounced, but like. Well, how do you think it's pronounced? Ben said? Ben said. This is like a new thing that we do. Oh, boy. <laughs> is this is this segment, uh, what is Jared Leto's ethnicity? How, how would Jared Leto say it? Leto. Leto. <laughs> ben said Ben. Anyhow. Yeah, so he made L um, with that producer and then worked on Benedetta with almost the same uh, production team that he did L with. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Are so, they similar movies? Um, Visually? I guess like visually a little bit uh i would say benedetta is way more uh I, it's a little cgi heavy it's a little bit crafted in a here and there yeah yeah i mean there. i also say i also admit that i've seen it twice i saw it once projected at okay. the at the new york film festival in alice tully hall which is this like thousand seat theater and then we watched it last night on hulu um and i gotta say it looked like shit on hulu the effects were real like yeah. Starship Troopers level 90s CGI, I thought. Yeah, I yeah. Like, eh, oh, whatever. It's made in France. But I think that's partially Hulu's fault. You think so? Yeah, because everything thing... looks like shit on Hulu. It's really bad, like yeah, really that... lossy quality. I didn't. I don't know that to be the case, but I don't, yeah. I don't really watch. I don't know what I watch on Hulu. I guess it's mostly television series. I will say when I watch movies on Hulu, they look like shit okay. consistently. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think Hulu just puts up really low quality versions of things so that the bandwidth is less, exp less expensive so they make more money. Like, I, re I really believe this, that, like, it's is a scam. Is that how the internet works? Yeah. Bandwidth yeah. is expensive. Oh, As someone who occasionally runs a streaming film festival May 7th, uh, unnamedfootagefestival.com. Um, Where will that be? Uh, on the internet. Oh, it's, that's it's streaming. You just said that. Yeah, I run. Uh, so, so there's not going to be any seats. No seats. Your seat is your seat. I got it. You, you have to stand World the whole play. time. Yeah. 12 hours. <laughs> 12 hours. You better stand. Standard die. Standard die. That's the uh, the actually what we've been uh, saying that uh, the uh, catchphrase is, is floppy footage, floppy disk footage. I don't know. We've been trying to play with that. That's a, that's a killer catch, catchphrase. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see that floppy footage. Get me, get me two tickets to the floppy footage festival. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the unnamed floppy footage found footage film. Festival. So, oof. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Uh, something like that. I don't know. We're 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 workshopping it, even yeah. though it's in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It would be good to know what it's called. We won't. For you to know what it's we called. We didn't know what the last one was called. We won't know what this one's called. These it's, are successful festivals, though. Yeah, right? we did. We did great. So last maybe you're year. onto something. Yeah, just like a fuck up, and uh, people love it. That wasn't what I was trying to say. <laughs> I, I also know my co-programmers will probably listen to this. So uh, shout out to y'all. Y'all. Uh -huh. Sounds like you're doing banger work. There we go. Anyhow, um, yeah, no, it looked like shit on Hulu. Yeah, it's too bad. Well, I didn't think it looked bad generally, but I yeah. thought that the sequences with like, there's, CG, there's some obvious CGI and I was like, hee, hee, hee. <laughs> that didn't look great. The snakes, some of the violence. Yeah. Um, Which... At, and then uh, I guess at the end, the fire. Yeah, kind of CGI fire is of... like a thing, though. Fire never looks good when it's in CGI. So yeah. like, anytime I see CGI fire in a movie, I like 
Five yeah, I know. At the very end of the movie, I laughed at one point where I really wouldn't have normally laughed, only because the CGI fire experience was so like, yeah, transparent. Not you know, what, well, who cares though? That's not the point of the movie because you like the movie. We're not. I don't want to. Oh no, no, I'm not I, here to dog. I love the it. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I love many movies with bad CGI fire. Is that like a? It's a thing. Genre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, right now we're kind of having a. a um, like a, a theme that gets talked about on the Overlook Hour podcast, which is my friend's podcast oh, okay. that I do the film festival with. So like this is this weird kind of like connection we're making here. Are we stealing that? Shout out to y'all. Yeah. Um, Good job, y'all. <laughs> I haven't met you guys. I'm sure you're terrific. They're great. Well, let's not oversell it. Okay, I won't. Um, but uh, yeah, I saw it at the New York Film Festival uh, last October, I believe it Benedetta. was. Benedetta. Okay. Yeah. Which, that's the you were describing. You previously described that situation with the giant theater. Yes. And you thought it looked better there. Yes, much. Um, partially just because of the theater, partially because Hulu looks like shit. But um, it, yeah, it was gorgeous watching it there. How was the? How big was the crowd? The crowd was. Uh, it was large, but it was not sold out. It was still the pandemic. It's still it's still pretty. Yeah. I mean, it, I guess we're still. And in, they were enforcing mask um, yeah. stuff, and I can't remember if it was the second screening of it yeah. or the first, but either way, it was like a noon screening on a on a weekend. Yeah. This isn't really a midday movie either. Not I feel like really, people no. would probably rather come out of the theater into the dark. Yeah, dark and I night. didn't buy a lot of tickets for the New York Film Festival because it's like $40 to see a movie. Do you usually buy a lot of tickets? No. I normally just like walk past the guard. Turnstile jumping into the New York Film Festival. Yeah, that's me. Wow. The guard. <laughs> I look over there. <laughs> there I go. There running go. past Maggie Gyllenhaal. Does anyone know which one it was? <laughs> it's impossible to find her in this crowd of movie stars. Uh, but um, yeah, so it was a, it was shown around noon. I think it was like a Saturday. Um, well, and can I jump in? Because my the reason I asked the question about the crowd size yeah. was I wanted to I wanted to. Ask if you had any sense of how the crowd responded to it. Oh, I can talk about that. Yeah, that sure. was where I was trying to get yeah. to before. So you, you can get get there when you want. Um, okay, so I'll talk about arriving there. So I arrived at the New York Film Festival. Well done. For Benedetta. And I go and I get on the line. And there were about 30 to 40 protesters. Oh, with really? With signs saying... Um, you know, like, uh, don't watch the blasphemous lesbian nun movie and uh, bagpipes. And they were blowing those bagpipes as loud as possible. Interesting. Because they wanted to disturb the people who were trying inside to watch the, the movie. movie. Yeah. Do, could you hear the bagpipes inside? Not a bit. It's that's, a very good theater. Yeah, couldn't hear great. couldn't hear anything from outside that theater. So they were just like blowing their lungs out and like for no reason. Those, po- those yeah. pipers. And um, I mean, it's so funny because like when I tell people that the first thing I get asked is, do you think it was staged? I do not think it was staged. That sign was so shit that only an idiot could have made it. <laughs> yeah. But, it's right. It's funny. I would never even have thought that it was staged. I, mm-hmm. Although, I guess that would have made a certain amount of sense. Basic Instinct had protests. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, of, I believe it did. A lot of anti-gay protesters when that came out, too. Yeah. And I, also, I think I think that movie drew, conjured some, some controversy because it was sort of a... I think that movie, I think Basic Instinct made both sides of the fence angry because yeah. I think it sort of portrayed the homosexual or bisexual community in a way that was not flattering. Yeah. But then other people just didn't want to see it at all. Yeah. It's a strange 
Strange time. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm shocked that Verhoeven's still inspiring protest. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I think a lot of his movies have. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, he is a, a kind of, he's a provocateur. Yeah. Yeah, to use a French word for the French movie. He is a provocateur. Yeah. But anyhow, it's probably at least half full, right? So there's probably like 500 people in there. Okay. And so it was actually... So, like, the first, and, and so, yeah, I've seen it twice now, but this is my first time seeing it, right? In a big theater, paid a lot of money to right, be in there. You're all describing that. the first time you saw it. Um, yeah, and I wasn't sure how to react to it. So, I, I and I was really enjoying it. When like you say I, you weren't sure how to react, do you mean you didn't know how it was making you feel? Or yes. you didn't know how audibly to express your both. reaction? Honestly, the answer is both. Okay. Like, I wasn't sure how the movie was making me feel, and I wasn't sure if I should be laughing visibly masturbating or masturbating right yeah in the theater with a virgin mary statue now i'm glad you brought that up because you haven't mentioned it yet but you brought with you a small collection of religious i guess we'll call it artifacts Mm -hmm. or yeah do you use all of these items that you brought with you today to masturbate do i do you yes what are the rosaries for uh i mean so, like, once you really get in touch with your body, right. like, masturbation does not have to be directly on the genitals. I'm never going to get in touch with my body. So- <laughs> that sounds disgusting. So, I tend to rub those on my feet. Okay, foot stuff. Yeah, foot stuff. Right foot between stuff. the toes. Like, the- flossing between your toes. Okay. I'm going to cut this. The little Buddha? <laughs> butt plug. That's a butt thing. I really hope my mom doesn't find this podcast. Do you put any of these in your mouth? All. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's an appetizer. <laughs> they right. start in the mouth and then they make their way other yeah, places. You got to get in body temperature. I got a whole thing. I got a whole thing. Okay. Well, I thank you for putting them on my table. You're welcome. But right. Ah. So like the only other movie I can think of, um, I saw it at a film festival. I didn't know very much about it. Uh, I just didn't know like how to react to it was Dogtooth. If you've ever seen Dogtooth. I haven't. That's got Nicole Kidman in it. E, no, but a later movie that that director made does. So, like, oh. you're thinking of the right guy. Um, I think you're just thinking of the wrong movie. Is it the movie about the family? Yeah. Dogtooth is? Yeah. Yeah, it's Greek. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, like, when I first saw Dogtooth, I was sort of like, what is happening? I don't know how to react. And then in the second, third, fourth time I watched Dogtooth, I am hysterically laughing. Is it is it funny on purpose? I, yes, but it's by a person who has a very bizarre sense of humor. And I feel the same way about Benedetta. My okay. second viewing, I was hysterical. Well, you know, one of the three notes I have on my... Yeah. Because uh, I, I also wasn't... My experience watching the film mm-hmm. was very much the way you're describing it, I think. I did not 100% know what my reaction to it was. Mm-hmm. You know, again, it looks perfectly professional. I think it's beautiful, frankly. Yeah. Um, the actress who plays Benedetta is terrific. Yeah, uh, it's a really interesting role, and she does it really well. And, and I, lo- I love how she looks. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, she's like forty-five, and she's one of the most gorgeous people I've ever seen. Yeah, and she captures that sort of icy sociopathic, yeah, dead-eyed, glade like which you know. I, I think she got the. I think she got the role right. You yeah. Know, I think she's doing it right. I mean, I, I definitely think she's doing what Verhoeven wants her to do. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to say now that, like, I think we're going to go full spoiler territory. So if you have not seen it, well, I mean, apparently, yet, again, it's a, it's a, it's a, fict- a fictional historic take on an actual person. Yeah, but I don't think people, like, know the story. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, when I saw it, I didn't, I, I didn't. I mean, I spent, the first time I saw it, I spent a lot of the movie trying to figure out if it, if, she was or was not based on someone real no if she was or were not uh, possessed by jesus oh 
Like I wasn't sure. You if, mean you were like, you, you were treating it as though, it, well, well, how do you feel about that now? Uh, I mean, now I, I'm, it's very obvious at the end of the movie, which is, which is true. But yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, if you want to watch it, stop now. Don't listen anymore. Go watch the movie, then come back, listen to the second half of this podcast. Yeah, and like we said, it's on Hulu for free. I mean, it's very obvious that she's insane. She's de- she's deranged. And um, one of the things that like I read is in the the book, it's way clearer that she's mentally ill, which is based on like transcripts of the trials. Okay. Yeah. And in the movie, it kind of treats her as if it's possible that she's a saint. Well, I don't know about that. I think I think the movie is really interesting because I think it's very much about. I mean, that first sequence, mm-hmm. uh, not the first sequence, but the, I guess we'll call it the third sequence. The first sequence is the family outside, and the I guess bandits come to rob them. Yeah, with the bird. With the bird. Yeah, which I was like, you need to watch that scene. Yeah, and then I'd say the second sequence or scene is where they dowry her to the to the convent. Yeah. And then the sequence after the scene after that. Is this um, when she sucks a tit? Well, yeah, but yeah. but it's what leads. Uh, it's it's really what follows. So she goes to she goes to pray before the Virgin Mary. The statue just collapses on mm-hmm. her due to architectural defect, I guess. Yeah. And it, she doesn't die. And somebody says it's a miracle you didn't die. And the and I think it's Charlotte Rampling, right? Yeah. Abbess, the yeah. Mother Superior Abbess, Who, or whatever. Uh, in my second viewing, I was focused on her more than any other character. I think she's, she's incredible. Great. Well, she says, "Let's not use that word lightly because yeah. people are going to." You know, a lot of people around here take it seriously, or something like that. Like, I, I made I think me laugh it was about when I saw it. miracles or something, right? Well, the premise was, was yeah, yeah, don't don't call this a miracle because people are prone to take them, like, take it at your word. Yeah, and that I think is the whole point of the movie. Yeah, that uh, I don't, and that, what I was going to ask you was, uh, is she a manipulator or just deluded? Uh, like, is she someone who is exploit? I mean, she absolutely is. Well, I yeah, think, I, I think, think the movie's trying to tell you that she absolutely was mm-hmm. actively. You know, trying to impress upon people yeah. that she was being visited and that she had the real stigmata and the real crown of thorns. Yeah. Um, but at one point, she speaks to that idea that she doesn't know if if that's God working through her to create this sort of mm-hmm. like, which is why I, I would say, is she deluded into thinking that she is the sort of voice of God? Is she schizophrenic? Or is I she a person question. who is trying to gain power? Yeah. Through visible demonstrations of christian iconography she's so clever about what she does that i just can't imagine that like she isn't a manipulator to a degree but i also think that she feels righteous in in being a manipulator because she hatches some insane plans to like fake stigmata and the death the replace my heart like there's a lot of stuff that happens in the movie, and it all happens so quickly that yeah. it's actually kind of hard to track. Yeah, not, not and again, then track, I'm also but... like, is this because this is set in you know like ancient Black Plague times, yeah. and like they didn't know how to check for a heartbeat, or like is this a bit of magical realism? Yeah, and really I like spiritual realism. I, I, spiritual, yeah. spiritual, magical, magical, spiritual, magic. You you get me. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you've never been more clear. <laughs> Magical, spiritual, magical spiritual spirits. magic. Yeah, spiritual Spirit, wine and spirits. Wine and spirits. Yeah, yeah. High spirits. <laughs> Liquor. Um, yeah, yeah. It's funny. It's a movie that I think is good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it was well told. I think that it's an interesting presentation of power dynamic in a setting that it's tradi- traditionally associated, especially in Catholic 
the yeah. Catholics are traditionally associated with men. Mm-hmm. Um, which I also like really like the way that the movie depicts women versus men, which I think a lot of people have um, accused Verhoeven of being like very sexist, very like uh, misogynistic. Yeah. Well, um, he's, he's famously yeah. aggressively, uh, I guess, I don't want to say pervy, but you know he really likes. Yeah, to, he, and, and it's, he likes to have sex in his movies. I yeah. think he's had. I think every movie I've ever seen with Paul Verhoeven has had mm-hmm. a sex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very. I mean, also like that's sort of a Dutch thing too. Is like the Dutch are just very like comfortable with sexuality. Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let's but, go Dutch. That's not but what yeah, it is. debatable. You know, whatever. Do I agree with that? Yeah, but at, at the end agree of the day, what? like, is he kind of, you know. Misogynistic. I, I don't want to say the word pervy. That, I, I yeah. didn't like that I said it the first time. He's, yeah. I, and I'm not certain that he's misogynistic. I, I associate... Um, he's had a lot of female leads. Yeah, like female... I associate De Palma more with pervy. And with Verhoeven, <laughs> Again, I think it's... I think it's the word pervy I'm not comfortable with. There's oh, nothing, yeah. There's nothing particularly perverse about De Palma either. Although his, Are you sure about that? Well, the one movie that I... Are you sure I, about that? That's why? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't talk to Paul, De Palma. Yeah. I mean, he's old too. Uh-huh. Has he done something perverse? No, I just think he, there's a lot of leering in his movies. Well, yeah, I mean that one that the one that we watched. Uh, we did we, we talked uh, about it, right? We uh, talked about it a little bit. I haven't seen it. Oh well, that one's got. We could, we could yeah. Sure, I mean, yeah. we might do a De Palma. Maybe yeah. we might do. A we'll De Palma. talk about it. We'll yeah. figure it out. Obviously, we're talking we might about do more Snake Eyes again. Yeah, yeah, Snake Eyes. Oh, I fucking love Snake Eyes. Yeah, that's a bad one. That's we, a bad rules. One. We could maybe pepper every conversation with a little Morbius and Snake Eyes. Yeah. <laughs> But okay, anyhow, um, the way that the movie depicts women versus men is the women are all kind of like beautiful and like the sex that they have is kind of like really hot, hot and, yeah. and pretty. And but not I don't I, see. Here's the thing: is it the male gaze? That's the I don't like, think. Is, so. is it hot to women? Is it hot to lesbians? Or is it I, hot to Paul Verhoeven? I mean, I also thought that like the way that they did sex was kind of normal. That's how I do it. Yeah. Just sit on top of each other. Yeah. That's how sex is, right? Stimulation until climax. I mean, it is, it's very sexy. The world's 10 very, to 30 seconds long. Very beautiful women. Yeah. And they're nude. But I, I didn't think... It's really... So I, one of the things I wanted to bring up that I kind of mentioned before we started recording, there was this like round table of film critics. I think like younger generation of film critics talking about like how sex is like too gratuitous in movies. Wow. And this was the main movie they talked about. And wow. they talked about it like this movie was like a slow zoom on a vagina for like at least half its runtime. What a bunch of nerds. That's exactly how I felt. I'm Ugh. like, there is maybe five minutes yeah, of I kept, sex I kept on screen. At most. There might yeah. be two minutes. I yeah. kept hearing about this was like the lesbian sex nun movie. And I was like, oh, well, I guess that's that. I mean, they do it like maybe two times. Yeah, I think there's two scenes of actual sex. And I, I will acknowledge it lets and you, as the viewer, yeah, you see it. really con- like, mm-hmm. consider the sexual act that they're, but you don't really see it. Not really. You, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's still, not porn. No, it's, it, it, I thought it was kind of tasteful. Yeah, tasteful. And it is, it's pretty. Yeah. And it's like really pretty to look at and that's the way such it's an shot. Unusual and, thing you just described. To, can, to talk about how sex in movies is too. Graphic. There hasn't been sex in movies in like eight years. I, I can't know. think of other like Lars von Trier maybe yeah. made *Nymphomaniac*, but that was even like twelve years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, there isn't really America. Paul Verhoeven was recently quoted saying that there's simply no more sex in the movies in America. That's and, part of the reason we left. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of agree. Like, yeah, I actually reading the comments that he made in the article, I mm-hmm. thought it was. I think the headline made him sound again like a like a horny old man. Mm-hmm. 
But what he was saying was everything in American film is like violence. Yeah. But the actual human experience is much more um, sexually motivated, focused, and you know, like more. And, and the more I thought about it, the more I was sort of drawn to his sense of things. Yeah. We're, we're all probably going to have had sex in our life. We were but prob- we might not have shot someone. We're pro- hopefully not all going to kill lots of people. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. I would hope that of the two of us, one of us does not have to kill multitudes. The other. <laughs> There I am watching your mouth again. Oh no! <laughs> but um, yeah. The only right, way so I ends. thought I thought the sex was tasteful, um, but like what I like is the contrast between the two women having sex and then the one, and, and like I don't even want to call this scene sexual because it is torture, but it is torture. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, and like that is the one time that a, a man is there with a phallic object. Well, no, not entirely. Yeah. The uh, the Bartolo Bartolomea. Is that her name? Yeah. Her father chases her in with like a stick oh, in the beginning. Yeah. Which is not insignificant mm-hmm. because he was also. Uh, but basically, every time a man is involved, it, it's an act of violence. It's violent. Or possession. Yeah, of, uh, it's it's related to sex and it's violent. Yeah. I mean, that's another interesting thing about uh, Bar- Bartholomew. Bartho- yeah. yeah, I don't know. Bart. Bart. Mia. <laughs> Let's just call her Bart. Bart. I like that. That's her new nickname. Bart. Um, her character. Like part of the reason I think she gets entwined with Benedetta the way she does is because all she's known is you know like sex acts, sexual utility. Yeah, like makes people like you, or not makes people like you. But yeah, it's, it's but a, like the, it's her how she interacts with everyone. Yeah, she is a sexual. Yeah, like so if we take her at face value, and I see right because the, the first movie pre- thing, presents no reason to believe she's lying about. Yeah, that. the first time she talks about herself, she says that like her mom died and her father took her as his new wife. Yeah. And then uh, behind his back, her brothers, like, also, like... Uh, took their turns. Took their turns, yeah. yeah. Um, it's horrible. He calls her a slut. Yeah, and then she meets this gorgeous woman who's like, D- you didn't know you were beautiful? Let me show you where the toilets are. So, like, of course she, like, f- like falls in love with her and wants to have, like, sexual acts with her, you yeah. know? like I guess. Yeah, and, and I just think it's really interesting that it's, like, these lesbian nuns have this, like, really nice, sensual... Like experience together human experience yeah, yeah and then they're like well that is sinful and horrible and they call bestiality. it bestiality no yeah. it's really shot it's, it's <laughs> oh sabrina my. saw that and she was yeah and then you see what the perturbed. men are doing and it's like wow but i also really another funny thing and i think it's in that same like the bestiality moment is uh there they say she brought her to crisis which I own, like, that is now, like, orgasming. It's You get brought to crisis. That might be the title of it's, this episode. Oh, brought to crisis. <laughs> Bring, bringing you to crisis. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I jotted that down because it made me laugh. Like, yeah. The movie is funny. I, mm-hmm. One of the three things I wrote was, this movie actually is pretty funny. I think it's funny on purpose. Yeah, time oh, time. it is. I, I think that Charlotte Rampling is great. She's so good. The sequence with the comet was cool, mm-hmm. spooky. Yeah. It's interesting how this movie really sort of allows you or tiptoes into that biblical horror, like you sort of expect from The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a, she asserts that she is being possessed. And when she, when she speaks with that, it's a spooky possession voice. voice. It's really odd. I mean, I was they gonna must ask have you, done something. They must say, have think like they digitally mod- modulated I it. I think so because she sounds more masculine than I do when she yeah, does it. That <laughs> actress has a deep voice, and I think she probably was doing most of the voice, but I think they sweetened it. It's possible. Yeah, I hope they didn't because yeah. that would rule. I would like for her to be my outgoing voicemail. Yeah, me too. Um, 
She should record the intro was, to this podcast. If I were more Catholic, it might have meant more to me. Now, yeah. that's interesting because my father was Roman Catholic or Irish Catholic. I was Irish, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, and his position when I was born was that it was more negative than positive to be associated with Catholicism. So I've never been baptized. And frankly, as an outsider, I watch all this church stuff and I'm like, boy, it's weird. He's right. He was right. That's how Good I call. feel too. Yeah. I mean, so I also am Irish Catholic on one side of the family, yeah. but I am, uh, I identify far more with the Jewish side of my family. Yeah. So like there's no Catholicism in my life. Like I always associated it with weirdness. Every time I had to go to church, like with my dad's side of the family, it was always like, oh, I hope we die. I love Jesus. Let's drink blood. Right. And like, oh, it always Again, weirded you went me to the, the fuck vampire out. Church. That's not normal. That was not Catholic. The, um, oh, I hope I we mean, die. <laughs> the, uh, Everyone the, drink blood. The priest's name was Michael Morbius. Michael Morbius. Yeah. yeah he, he, was from a, he went to a Jesuit school. He had a PhD. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no. So like I also, when I see Catholicism depicted, I'm always like, it's weird. Yeah, I, I like it mm-hmm. by and large. I, in fact, the, the, while watching it, there's this part of me that's like, ah, that's my dad's like background. I don't yeah. like, I don't want to feel, I don't want to laugh at the church, you know, really. Although they've they've done themselves a few favors the last hundred years. They're kind of yeah. in, in a dark spot right now in there. Long like I'm not, I mean, I'm maybe. not anti-religion in any way. I like you know yeah, he, he a lot of the pinnacles of of you know Christianity. I think are perfectly fine. Yeah, I think and the like, Catholics are more. Gen- yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of good Catholics. I think that there are more rigorous sect of Christianity. Yeah. I think that there. I think that the underpinnings are actually kind of interesting. Although the anti-woman stuff is tough. Yeah. I, the other note that I think I had was the body. You know, the, obviously one of the big movies. One of the <laughs> one of the movie's big themes is the body, right? And mm-hmm. so you've got the. Uh, the woman, the woman with no finger who says that she wishes her whole body could be made of yeah. wood and then Calls Benedetta responds with you mean you want to be a tombstone yeah it's clever. I, I love that exchange I that was really great yeah but wait so on that um the catholic conversation yeah. I have a question for you uh, you go ahead yeah so do you think that the movie is blasphemous no me neither. I think that the movie has a real interest in the value and power of the Catholic Church, the I people that too. are in its in its you know thrall. Which is so funny because yeah, the protests—they called it blasphemous. A lot of the reviews For, I read, people were frankly, calling it blasphemous. I, th- I thought I'm watching, like, this isn't blasphemous at all. I thought watching the trial that they put her on was yeah. sh- almost shockingly like reasoned. And again, yeah. this goes to the Catholics they're, and the Jesuits. They're very interested in getting to the bottom of things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a more uh, investigative branch of that yeah. faith, and I thought I think th- I think the Catholics are probably okay, except that they have this bizarro patriarchy at the mm-hmm. top. Which this movie really, if, if it's blasphemous in any way, if it is, I think if I were more invested in the Pope and yeah. the papacy in in uh, you know, the Vatican, and, and if I really if I put all my eggs in that in that sort of uh, father, you know. Uh, uh, I guess construct. Mm-hmm. I think that maybe centering Catholic- a movie about Catholicism around a bunch of lesbian nuns might be on its face. Yeah, almost like psychologically challenging. Yeah, which that's like kind. Of, I think what people are reacting to, and I think other people are just using the word because they don't like to think. Right. Um, well, the. I mean, honestly, it was like a breath of fresh air to be reminded that these nuns are out there working their, you know, fingers to the bone. Yeah. For the church, the, mm-hmm. the Mother Superior. All, uh, I never, you never see nuns anymore. I guess they used to be more, more a, a subject of, of pop culture. I think Sally Field played a nun in a sitcom in the seventies, 
the, the flying nun. Yeah. She flew with, with her habit. <laughs> there was that Eric Idle movie, Nuns on the Run. Yeah, obviously there was Sister Act and Sister Act 2. Yeah, and then there was Nuns on the Run. What's that about? It's about uh, Eric Idle and I and I think it's John Cleese and they dress up like nuns. Okay. And they do a crime and See, then they go on the run. Frankly, more blasphemous than this I movie. Don't, it, and I, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, God, is that... I don't know who's in... I know it's Eric Idle. It's probably not John Cleese. I just want it to be in my head. Well, they were buddies, right? They worked together. They were in the Monty Python. Yeah. Yeah. But anyhow, moving on. Moving on. Um, Yeah, no, that was my reaction to it, too. Is like, yeah, maybe the movie is depicting blasphemers, if that's the term. But I I thought it actually was very, like... I'm not even sure it does that. But yeah. again, I should point out, I've never been baptized and I am not an authority on this at all. I, I do have at think best faking a... stigmata is blasphemy. Is it? <laughs> I believe so. Oh, well, then it does. Yeah. But I don't think that the movie is... I mean, somebody does commit suicide. Yeah. There are a few mortal sins. But I think the way all of those things are addressed by like the point of view of, of you know the film like what the how it's being presented to the audience is not blasphemous. Yeah, I really thought the film was almost shockingly kind yeah. to the church. Yeah, I mean, I, you could kind of tell that like the people who made it are like very well versed in this time period and in the religion. And it felt to me like it was careful and thoughtful. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, me too. Someone who does not practice that faith. Yeah. Um. I feel like we should call your, think, your wife in and ask her for her opinion. Well, she definitely but, had a different response to the movie. Not yeah. a worse, not, not different in a, in a way like she did not feel differently from me about it, except that she felt more extremely about it because mm-hmm. she was raised Catholic. And uh, like my dad kind of turned from it, I, I think. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but, you know, we don't go to church. So. Yeah, yeah. She's certainly not an actively practicing, you know, Catholic. But she said that the uh, movie gave her, you know, Real heebie-jeebies. You know, I think she might have suggested that it gave her a nightmare. Yeah. Just that stigmata stuff has a real profound effect on her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I guess the, what I was trying to get to before, though, this idea of the body versus the spirit, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, one of the first things that we see Benedetta and Bart do together is go to the bathroom, right? And it's this funny, like, sequence. It's really funny. You never see people... In the bathroom in movies or, or TV, yeah. And so the, you know they're 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 bond is sort of born from this like communal you know what do they call it privy I guess yeah. And uh, I will say so when that scene started, um, so Matt, my partner who I live with, was like in the room not really watching, but like he glanced at the TV and he like jokingly made like a fart noise, mm-hmm. and I went, "You don't have to add that sound effect," yeah, and then the sound effects started yeah um but yeah it's like very uh that's as intimate as the sex yeah frankly. intimate that's it's a really exact, interesting yeah experience to sit and watch somebody take a shit mm-hmm. and audibly like push out gas <laughs> you know? it's a very funny scene it is yeah and if anything it's probably more shocking than anything else that you see in the rest of the movie yeah. only because we don't ever as viewers get treated to that mm-hmm. you know it's unless it's like specifically about that like the movie dumb and dumber you know where, where there's like a long setup that builds to a real bathroom you know like nightmare disaster yeah but like also the fact that it doesn't depict any of that stuff as if like it should be shameful well see i think they kind of do in you Benedetta. Do. well i think i think that the premise is that they are well I, no the movie doesn't the movie treats it like it's every yeah uh, well i think Verho- and this goes to the idea of Verhoeven 
sort of opining that there's a lack of sex in films. There's a lack of humanity in mm-hmm. films. Yeah. Mo- you know, all of us, if you're lucky, shit at least once a day. You know? And, and I mean it. How, how many times if you're unlucky? Oh, my God. Well, zero. Honestly, is what I'm thinking. <laughs> the worst case scenario is, is that stops. Then you have to go to the hospital. There's a whole field of medicine de- you know, devoted to keeping the system in check, right? yeah. running. And uh, so it's, you know, it's a very human film about two people mm-hmm. at the center of it. The, you know, probably the, the greatest organization in, you know, history, especially at that time. Is there, it was, there's no corporation more powerful with a greater, wider reach than the Catholic Church. Yeah. And so these two women are at the heart of a superstructure. And they're turning it over a little bit. And I mean, it's mostly just Benedetta. And, and again, the question that I had was, is, this, is, is she seizing power intentionally or is she out of her mind? Yeah, and, which uh, I, I think the answer to that is both. Yeah, my guess. my perspective. She at least. certainly takes the power. She yeah. doesn't. She doesn't shy away from it. Yeah. And it does seem like she's faking it. She she seems to be using influence to fake a lot of the stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's a there's a certain cunning in, involved. I did think the uh, the the postscript. I don't yeah. know the text at the end of the movie that said what happened to Ari Mags. I thought that was extremely funny because it's just it's so bland. Yeah. Like she didn't become a martyr. She got to live in the the um, convent. the convent, and uh, occasionally they let her have dinner, but she had to sit on the floor. Yeah, they turned their back on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she got kind of, I think, what she deserved at the end. Yeah, which is just uh, this one to hang out, <laughs> be around, and yeah. not be respected anymore. It was at that moment yeah. that I realized that this might be based on a real story yes. because I couldn't believe that they would just tack that on at the end of a movie about a fictional character. Yeah. What a sh- that's like I the, mean, if they did, that'd be the funny. Like, yeah, what, that would be like what the end of genius. That would be the end of um, Unbreakable. <laughs> he, he lived the rest of his life in an insane asylum. The huh? end. Why would you? Why would you put that up there? You don't need to do that. <laughs> Good night. But um, yeah. Uh, okay, wait. One more thing that I thought was really funny right, in the movie. On. There's a scene. Okay, wait. So yeah, I'll I'll lead into the other thing I want to talk about with this. Um, when uh, Charlotte Rampling's character, uh, uh, the the original mother superior, goes to Florence to get the um, the big religious man. What's his name? Nunz. 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 Nuncio. Nuncio. I think it's Nuncio. Yeah, and they're on their way back, and there is. Um, this just like group of people who are afflicted with the black plague yeah, boobos. and one of them comes up to their their uh, carriage and yeah. is like please you know give me my last rites i'm dying of the plague and he goes go find your local priest and ask him your parish priest, and he yeah. it's like the um the joke with the clown yeah going to the doctor uh-huh. like i'm depressed you know, yeah. well, go see the clown. I am the clown. I am the clown. He's yeah. like, I am the priest. Uh-huh. That killed me. It really uh, like, was. it made me laugh so hard. Yeah. <laughs> but, all right, so the Black Plague. So that's, I mean, but that's also a joke about, in this case, the uh, the power, the seat of power being so distant yeah. and ineffectual with respect mm-hmm. to the actual practice of the faith, which is why I think there was potentially opportunity for somebody to upset that a little because yeah. she was more, she appeared to be at least more interested in what was happening in her home city mm-hmm. and apparently she saved her whole city or her, at least the inside of the fortress from the black death yeah 
So in the end, this is a pandemic movie. So another, okay, that was exactly what I, so I, I saw another article where someone was like, wow, Verhoeven was so prescient. Is that the word or ahead of well, the, yeah, 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 that sounds to right. like make a movie about a pandemic. And I'm like, okay, never one, people make Black Plague movies all the time. I don't think that it's like, you know, they foresaw it coming, but it did come out at a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think like acting like someone saw the future to do a movie about the Black Plague is really silly. Well, yeah, um, unless you were, yeah, unless he was like, I want to make a movie about a pandemic, also about Benedetta yeah. Carlani. But I think and luckily just, that happens to go overlap. Yeah, yeah, I think he wanted to make this movie, and it happened to be set during the Black Plague, and then it happened to come out during another pandemic, um, which I think it's a, it's interesting to look at it in that way, as I think the plague was more was less about there being a plague and more about um kind of making her prophecies come true yeah and like how how lucky she was she was lucky yeah because she didn't really know how good although i guess she kind of had some idea right she washed his feet and saw the and chick or the, the flea or the louse whatever oh that was a um you get the boils it was a boil i thought it was a i thought it was one of the i mean it was passed by blood bearing like bloodborne Oh, so maybe it was Light, a lice. little tick? Yeah, the reason people caught it was the yeah. lice from rats and stray dogs and stuff would transfer it from person to person. I figured he got it from the guy who came in the... No, I think he. I think she just she noticed that yeah. he had a uh, a blood-sucking parasite on his mm-hmm. leg. Yeah. She flicked well, it off. Well, either way, she knew that he, he had the plague. Yeah. And then she used it to her advantage. Yeah. But it also kind of proved to everyone else around her that like she was right about things. It's an interesting movie. I, I almost feel unequipped to talk about it. And I guess now we have talked about it a little bit. I haven't We've talked like, about it almost an hour. I haven't. I, I feel like I haven't said very much. And it's partly because I don't want to do a disservice to the Catholics. You know, not really. Even well, though nobody needs, they don't need me to watch their back. But I just don't really like to be, I have a strange affection for, I don't know what inspires it, but I think it's my dad basically uh, for the Catholic church. Um, and so I don't really know enough to have a strong opinion about whether this is blasphemous. I think it isn't personally. Yeah, but me neither, but my, again. It's not my team. Yeah, yeah. We, we can't really make that ruling. I, I noticed when we started the movie up, I searched for Benedetta and it, and it was described by Hulu as a as an LGBTQ plus movie. Which is very funny because uh, I would never, like I wouldn't think well, to I find label that, it that way. Yeah, I find that characterization is sort of um, yeah. shallow. I mean, I guess I also think that like, uh, you know, uh, same sex anything is pretty normal yeah and so it needs to be thematically about gayness and yeah but everything in this every every piece of advertising or every every article about it describes it as a lesbian nun movie yeah Yeah, i mean i I think we even jokingly called it that well yeah but it is that i mean obviously it is that yeah but i would say that her lesbian is i mean do you think they're lesbians i don't know me neither i was was about to say i don't know it doesn't feel to me like her sexual relationship with the woman with bartolomea is actually even foregrounded i yeah. mean they definitely give you that you yeah know? i mean i think they love each other they, I, I i mean they say it several they're times good partners but... to each other yeah and Bart- bartolomea tries to protect her against pretty aggressive sexual torture mm-hmm. um but i also think they're just humans with bodies and they're in a woman a woman only f- facility yeah and, and every time they've encountered a man it's been a horrible well, well What's the your most name? Part. Uh, yeah. Benedetta has almost no contact with men at all, frankly. I mean, so when she sees Jesus on the cross yeah. and takes off his his 
and, and there's just nothing there. Do you think it's because she's never seen a dick? It's possible. I think so. She didn't know how to visualize it's a, it. That's a really interesting visual because like if she's never seen like male um, genitalia. An adult male. And she doesn't know what yeah. it looks like and that it kind of looks the same on everyone, right? Because like the way that Jesus looks is like he is has a, a woman's bottom. Yeah. Yeah. He looks a wo- like a woman's bottom. He looks like Buffalo Bill. Yeah. From, like tucking. He's tucking. Yeah. And uh yeah, but that's a probably that's probably the, Is this blasphemous our conversation right about Jesus, about Jesus tucking tucking on the crucifix? <laughs> that might be. There we go. I think that if I just blew up that frame and put it on the front lawn of my house, people would get real Yeah. Tense. They wouldn't like that. I think some people would maybe ask me to take that down. Is Jesus tucking on the crucifix the name of the episode? I don't think that's no. A good I think idea. it's brought to crisis. Yeah, yeah, I think bringing you to crisis, or this brought us to crisis, brought her to crisis. Yeah, something like that. Madeline and her yeah. attorney brought us to crisis. Although in my head, the name of the episode will always be Jesus tucking on the crucifix. Yeah, yeah. Jesus tucking Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I guess somebody might be offended by that. I mean, frankly, when when uh, she has another uh, fantasy and who. Uh, a horseback rider who she believes to be Jesus hacks people to to, it's really funny. to pieces with yeah. a sword. That's that's borderline blasphemous in mm-hmm. a sense, you yeah. know, because I don't think that Jesus is famously uh, violent. Yeah, um, cuts the head off the serpent. I don't know. It's an, I find I find the movie interesting, and I think I'm inequipped or poorly equipped to really address a lot of the visuals. You know, the imagery yeah. is sort of. You know, it's it's a little over my head. I'd feel almost the same way about watching a Buddhist film. I think, where, yeah. You know, it, it, there's a a, a a deeper level of appreciation for somebody who cares, mm-hmm. who, who's made a life out of a faith or a belief system, and I haven't. Yeah. And you know, it's the same with the uh, LGBTQ stuff. Like, it probably is really kind of. I guess if you're normalizing, she's probably it, one. Which yeah, it feels like it is. Yeah, it's then just, based, it, it is. But I still wouldn't tag it as that. Yeah, but, based on her being one of the. Yeah. confirmed she's a, apparently a confirmed like lesbian, lesbian of history yeah. which yeah. is sort of an interesting thing to have a movie about yeah so in that regard it probably is fair to describe it as a lesbian mm-hmm. movie you know yeah. a movie that is a, like about bringing someone to your attention yeah. that you would otherwise have probably not heard about well i thought it was really great yeah, yeah you know, I, I, I think I, I do recommend it seeing more. it, especially if yeah. you can handle subtitles. Yeah. I, I historically, keep the subtitles on for sure. Yeah, <laughs> or if you speak French, don't, don't. worry about them. Yeah, yeah. Don't sweat it. Or put on Italian subtitles. Well, if you want to increase the difficulty, yeah, I always do. Nightmare mode. Nightmare mode. Yeah. New game plus. <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, I don't like subtitles in movies because it takes my eyes off of the actors, mm-hmm. and I and I can't help it. Even when watching a movie where they're speaking English. Uh, you know, for example, if somebody wants the subtitles on just because the the, I, yeah, the background noise is, is irritating. Because like, I read them, yeah. And I find myself staring at the words instead of watching their faces. And I feel like if you don't need, if you can speak French enough to hear them without the subtitles, watch it that way. Because I think everybody na- nailed nailed it. Yeah. You know, they all were great. I mm-hmm. thought the relationship between Charlotte Rampling and the, was that her daughter? I believe it was her. That daughter. was my wife thought that was her daughter. I yeah. wasn't sure, but I. But well, I she calls it. her mother, but she was. That's what they call them. The mother, like, but then. Oh man, I do love the scene where she kind of comes around to Benedetta at the end, and, yeah. and Benedetta is like, "Your daughter is waiting for you," and and she sort of she helps her out with one of her schemes. Oh, it's great. 
Yeah, well, I thought that Char- was... Charlotte Rampling is the MVP of the movie. Yeah, easy, I think Like, so. easily. Well, I don't know. I mean, that, that is awesome. I don't know the actress's name. Yeah. But she's in almost every frame. She's Beautiful incredibly French woman. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Stunning. She kind mm-hmm. of reminds me of, like, a Jennifer Lawrence and... Uh, yeah. The one from, like, Rosamund Pike. Is that mm-hmm. her? Sure. Very... Well, she's she's in that Dennis David Fincher movie, right? Oh, G- yes. Gone Girl. Yeah, no, I agree. Actually, Similar she sort does of like, look like her. Mm-hmm. Like aerodynamic, blue-eyed blonde. Yeah. But yeah, fantastic cast all around. Yeah, everybody, every, I think, and a challenging movie, so I'm sure. Yeah. This, there's a lot. I liked it more on my second viewing. I bet I would like I, it more if I watched it the second time also. I wasn't trying to figure it out. Um, I was mostly just kind of enjoying everything that like, because I didn't get to focus on the performances or some of the humor. Um, so on my second viewing, I, I, I upped my rating from four stars to 4.5 stars out of five. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a letterboxed DVD box set. I like it. Yeah. I like, I liked it. Uh, I, I almost wish it did let a, a little more of it, it's sort of moments air out or mm-hmm. breathe because, you know, there's a scene where she, uh, orders her friend to stick her hand in the boiling water. Yeah. And it looks like that's going to have a real long-term consequence. Mm-hmm. That kind of doesn't. Yeah. Um, and the movie is two hours and fifteen minutes. Long, yeah. Though. So there's it a lot long. of there's a lot in it, and yeah. they, and they really move from one thing to another. Yeah, it does not there's, drag. It's, it's it, funny, it actually it doesn't really give you time to kind of meditate. There's almost no consequences. There's almost no consequences at any like like it's it's really very plotty. Yeah. You know, the, it, it just drives. It, it tells a story. And there's, oh, it's almost like telling you a story the way you might improvise a bedtime story. Mm-hmm. Like, you just keep moving forward. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, I mean, it's a court transcript. This is the source material. Yeah? Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, this is the source material of the book it's based on, so... Yeah. yeah, no, and then, and it now sounds like I'm criticizing it, and I, I guess it is a gentle criticism, but it it, it feels like I wonder... I, I guess I wonder if there was something that could have eliminated to allow a, a theme... Mm-hmm to become more dominant. Yeah. Right? Because I I I struggle to describe what the movie is except that it is a real um narrative driven biography. Yeah. Which is not a movie I mean, type that, that I usually watch. Kind of exact like that's sort of yeah, more so than it is like uh LGBTQ. It really is a that's not biographical. It's really just a biography yeah, it, of, a per, it's of, a, a biopic, of the most important actually. part of a person's life. Yeah, like and that is the main genre of the movie. It's yeah, biopic. It's a biopic. Yeah, and I love it. I love it and, so much. And if it was called that, I would have known that it was real. And I think it would have added more gravity to yeah. everything that was happening. Yeah. It would have been less the sexual fantasy of an 83-year-old Dutchman and more like a kind of riveting take on a, a, a small thing in yeah. history that is sort of significant. Or not but, sort of, very significant. You know, the moment you put two nuns kissing in it, like... People can't handle that, so it has to be about that. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it is memorable. Yeah, it will probably it will the relationship of the two women is probably the thing that I will most recall when thinking of the movie. Yeah. Although honestly, that red sky comet sequence—it's great. Really, visually, like, yeah, cool, yeah. eerie. You know, it's a. Well, I hope you watch it again at some point. We'll see. Yeah. There's only so much time in the world. I understand. Um, and Climate change, considering. So much time. I feel like we're getting to the end. So I would like to uh, move on to the the next segment of the show, which we do every week. Um, Would you like to reconsider Morbius? Oh, I would love to. Yeah? Yes. So? 
I still think it's not that good. It's not good. I I do. I, now, the longer we go from seeing the movie Morbius, yeah, the more fondly I remember it. It has become a movie. It's. I think of the movie <clears throat> as our conversation yeah. about the movie, not as the movie. Absolutely. I think it's fun to talk about the yeah. movie Morbius. Mm-hmm. But I don't want you to see it. Yeah, don't. See Benedetta instead. Yeah. That's how I reconsider That's Morbius. a good idea. <laughs> it's, it's, check out Benedetta. It's there must on Hulu. Be something interesting it in looks theaters. like shit. There's another... Christ movie out right now called Father Stew. I think Mel Gibson and Mark Wahlberg. It's are a in Mark it. Wahlberg movie. Yeah. Ah, oh, I only I only know that exists because there's a wrestler I like who makes a cameo in it. Oh. Yeah. yeah it might be all right. I feel Her like her name I, is Nikita Lyons, and uh, I, I'm not recommending you see that. She's I, real thick. I never see Mark Wahlberg movies, and I guess I, I I'm I've still probably not, seen more than I should. Yeah, I'm not that psyched, psyched yet to see a, a Mel Gibson movie. I, the think, Santa one was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't see it. But like it was also not. I didn't like it. I watched yeah. the first half hour at a friend's house and I was like, yeah, it's not very good. Yeah, that's exactly. It's, it would certainly be, for me to continue to watch it, it would have to be better. And so I stopped watching it. So uh, reconsidering Mel Gibson. Yeah. Eh. That's tough. Eh. Obviously, he's done nothing to re-earn our trust. Yeah. I mean, I think he's probably more anti-Semitic than... Benedetta. Benedetta. Probably. Which there's a few Jew comments in that movie. Yeah. One of the women is like, my sin is I was born a Jew. Yeah. And I went, well, so was I. Ouch. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. And what's your name? Or, but so, I also don't think that's an expression of anti-Semitism. I think it's just retelling how people talked at the time. Yeah. Well, anti-Semitically. Yeah. yeah. Anti-Semitically. Jewish peoples have had I think bad. Mel Gibson is. That's my take. I think it's fair to assume that that's the case. <laughs> Yeah, I think you know it's it's like that saying uh, what they say about you when you're not in the room. That's that's like the true mark of your person's character. Yeah, and so he was screaming the most racist and anti-Semitic shit imaginable. Yeah. when he didn't know anyone was listening. Yep, probably does reflect. I think that's him. The way he thinks. Yeah. So uh, rest in peace, Mel Gibson. Look, I still love Lethal Weapon. It does hurt me. I like a Lethal Weapon too. Maverick was fun. We watched it. I was like, maybe I won't like this anymore, and it is less enjoyable. <laughs> It's like, oh man, <laughs> this plot where he's like buddies with all the Indians, the Native Americans. I'm like, no way. Yeah. Don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> That's too bad. I, we don't have to talk about him anymore. This is a buzzkill for anybody that wanted to watch. I listen know, to you right? talk about Benedetta. I mean, we're like at the end too. Yeah. Yeah. People are unsubscribing I hope in real so. time. I don't want them to listen to this. I hope they had subscribed before we got to this part. Yeah, me too. I hope they never subscribed in the first place, which I don't think anyone no, does. So. No, you've taken it too far. We, knew, <sighs> we needed that. We need subs. Damn. Like and subscribe. Please subscribe to this podcast. Uh, you can find Madeline and her attorney watch movies on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and our home, SoundCloud.com. Yeah, I believe we also have an Instagram page now. We do. You can follow us on Instagram uh, at Madeline and her attorney. Um, if you would like us to talk about you by name, or if you you can use a fake name, we'll just talk about whatever you said. You can shoot us an email. Just send us $10. Just send us $10. A $10 bill. And we'll say anything you want. Anything. And Mel, we mean that. Are you listening, Mel? We'll say anything, anything you want. Anything you want, Mel. <laughs> it's the hardest $10 I've ever earned. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Would you kill someone for like, let's go for $30 million. For $30 million? Would yeah. I kill someone? Yeah. Of course. Who? Who? I'm not saying. Yes. Me too. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, there's no, you know what? You know what? Yeah. Money doesn't buy everything. Yeah. 
but it buys a lot. Yeah. All right. And that's I, enough. I think that's a great note to end on. Yeah. All right. Uh, see you next week, I I'm guess. coming to kill you. Yeah. I, For well less than $30 million. Probably. <laughs> All right. Hopefully I'll see you next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll be here next week. And we'll talk at that time about another movie. We might. Maybe Verhoeven. Maybe we'll talk about Morbius. Oh, man. <laughs> Morbius is the gift that keeps on taking. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Good night. All right. Goodbye forever. <laughs>